0: All right, welcome to another episode of The Real Physician Reacts. This is your series. If you are overwhelmed by the healthcare system, or even more importantly, underappreciated by the healthcare system, and you're just looking for a voice to reason, this is your truly Dr. Mary Pierre. This is our live series where we come week to week giving my personal opinion on things that either come across my timeline or hit my inbox. And, ah, oh, like, unfortunately, we have to highlight our friend slash enemy, depending on the week you're, uh, you're asking me, the CDC. So earlier this week, the CDC released new guidance, which it has typically done on a week-to-week basis as far as rules and regulations and how we should kind of proceed during this pandemic. And we talked about this a few weeks ago where they started kind of drawing back some of the restrictions. Hey, you know what? Six feet social distance, don't worry about no more. Hey, you know what? Don't even worry about quarantining if you're not symptomatic. So they started drawing back a lot of these things. And when we first dropped the video, I told people, say, hey, the, the proof is in the pudding. The writing is on the wall. When we, <clears throat> when we see our government say, hey, you know what? We're gonna stop paying for you know prevention. We're gonna stop paying for testing. We're gonna start paying for certain things And the CDC says, all right, I'll follow that up. with say, hey, if you're not gonna pay for this stuff, I'm not gonna require that stuff. I've been telling people that, hey, this is them saying, and then uh, last week we talked about President Biden essentially saying that the pandemic was over depending on your definition of pandemic. So this news does not come to me as a surprise, but it is troubling and telling. So what is the news? CDC says, hey, you know what, if you're in a healthcare facility, you don't even have to wear a mask no more if, and I want to stress the if word, if the county and the community that you're in has a very low community level transmission rate. So these are a lot of words, a lot of terms. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll break it down um, as far as like why is that important, like the big if. Now, before we get to that, this is what I, this is what a lot of people will hear. Hey, if you're in a hospital, you're in a nursing home, you're in a long-term care center, you don't have to wear a mask anymore. That's what a lot of people are going to hear. They're not going to hear the if part. And even if they hear the if part, a lot of people aren't going to recognize, hey, am I living in a county that has a low transmission rate based on the CDC's numbers? And how do we get those numbers? We talked about this probably several months ago where the CDC came out with their own set of um, facts and figures based on hospitalizations, based on cases, based on deaths, to determine whether a county had a high community level rate for COVID-19. Now, some things that are big you know, concerns and, and a red alarms right off the bat. I talked about how before they were giving out the test. They were giving out tests. And what happens when you give out tests, now you're not gonna have tests that are officially recorded. So if I have four or five tests at home and I test myself and four or five of our folks test at home, guess what? I know it's positive, but guess who doesn't know what's positive? The CDC. And then when we talk about number of cases, you have to rely that the states... And we all in, I'm in Florida, so you already know how that goes. You have to rely that the states are going to actually report adequate numbers to guess who? The CDC. Problems arise. So when we talk about the fact that a significant portion of the data is literally based on whether the CDC gets accurate numbers, it was going to be a recipe for disaster. So as we speak, and I'm going to be highlighting uh, an article um, off, I think it was CNBC News. Uh, or CBS CBS do. As we highlight, we're going to talk about how there's some people that's happy, there's some people that's upset, right? The same people who are upset are going to be continuing to be upset. And as a healthcare professional, I have to try to figure out how can I, again, be that voice of reason for them? Because a lot of people, and we talked about this during last week's um, Real Physician Reacts, A lot of people, when they hear the term pandemic, they only think about the term in a social construct. Like for them, the pandemic means lockdown. For them, the pandemic means I can't travel. For them, the pandemic means that now um, I have to get tested before I go into a certain country. For them, that's what pandemic meant. It never meant Number of cases. It never meant number of deaths. Like that had nothing to do. It didn't mean this variant versus that variant. That had nothing to do with them as far as the uh, pandemic was concerned. When they heard the word pandemic, they only heard it. It only took it into them when someone said, Hey, you can no longer do what you used to do. Hey, you have a business? Close that. Hey, you trying to travel? Stop that. That's the only way they heard the word pandemic. So when they looking around and they're seeing all of these systems being dialed back, being dialed back, they say, hey, the pandemic is over. So it's not a surprise when they're like the pandemic is over because all of the restrictions that used to be in front of them are saying like, hey, I don't have to worry about this no more. So this comes on the heels of that type of thinking. So you have the CDC saying, hey, you know what? Yes, the cases have essentially remained It's stagnant, right? Remain stagnant since. The number of deaths remain stagnant. They're not dropping, right? And when I say that, they're not going down. They're staying the same. The cases are staying the same, but they're essentially telling us, hey, we just have to get used to this new norm and we should be okay with this new norm. And if we're okay with this new norm, then you know what? We already said you don't have to wear a mask outside. Guess what? Even in the hospital. Now let's think about the scenario. Let's think about the situation. In the hospital setting, in the nursing home setting, in the long-term care setting, in the rehab setting, the setting where you have patients, patients who are their most ill, they're saying, you know what? You don't have to wear a mask no more, y'all. You're okay. Like, that is what's happening. And that is why it should be mind-blowing. If you're telling me when I go to a concert, when I go to Disney World, when I go to the bar, I don't have to wear a mask, okay, I'm here for it, right? That's That's a decision that someone's going to have to make and they're going to understand that, yes, I'm going to take that risk, whether you're vaccinated or not vaccinated, I'm going to take that risk. But if I'm in a hospital setting where I'm already at, you know, the, the my my lowest from a health-related standpoint most of the time, now you're saying it's also optional for them? It's also optional, not for them, really. It's really going to be for the workers there, uh, the family members there. That's who you're saying is optional. You're saying, hey, healthy person who is healthy And let's say you got vaccinated or didn't get vaccinated, but you're around everyone when you're going home. You're in all the clubs, you're in all the bars, you're in all the social scenes. And then you go to work. And guess what? You're going to work where a person is ill, where a person is sick, where a person is fighting infection, maybe getting over some type of surgery. It's okay for you to go to work and be massless around that person, even though that person doesn't have no choice. When we talked about it in the beginning of the pandemic, you had people who re- lived in nursing homes or people who were in jail, which means they didn't go anywhere, and they were. And COVID-19 was spreading amongst them. And I asked people, where do you think the COVID-19 is coming from? No, COVID-19 didn't float in the air magically and then land in the jail or land in a nursing home. No, the workers were bringing it to them right? The families were bringing it to them. Like it's, it was going that way. And they were subjugated to the fact that like, Hey, this person's about to bring a virus to me. And there's nothing I could do about it. Cause I literally cannot leave my spot. So this is what the CDC has now opened up, right? This is going to happen. And, and I'm, and I'm going to, I'm going to give some examples. Cause I like, Hey, we're going to give some examples in a minute, but like, this is the concern, right? Let's, let's take a look at this article here. Just so we, again, we can kind of get a you know, so, so some thoughts, uh, and then I'm going to read some quotes as well, too, from uh, certain people who <laughs> who I thought was, like, absolutely hilarious, right? So, again, change, one of many published Friday evening to agency guidance for infection control, healthcare workers, marks one of the final sets of revision and sweeping efforts launched in August, and this is what we talked about, this is what we've been talking about, for CDC recommendations for the virus, right? So, again, the CDC has been making these recommendations and these changes because they're trying to prepare us to say, hey, We got to live with COVID. COVID is here, so we're just going to dial back all of our rules and restrictions, right? And then, again, since early in the pandemic, the agency had urged everyone to wear source control, which is the mask that we're referring to, or the N95s. Uh, Now the CDC says facilities in just over a quarter of counties can choose not to require all doctors, patients, and and visitors to mask up. So essentially saying, hey, you don't have to mask up if you don't want to. And I want to read this quote from a Holly Harmon, who is a senior vice president of the American Healthcare Association and National Center of Assisted Living. While our commitment to infection prevention and control continues, adapting COVID protocol means recognizing the current state of this pandemic, as well as the importance of quality of life of our nation's seniors. So she's trying to say that for some reason, because we had to wear a mask, there's been a decrease in the quality of life for those who live in ALFs. After more than two years, uh, residents will get to see more of their caregivers' smiling faces, and our dedicated staff will get a moment to breathe. Let me stop sharing, uh, and then I'll come back to it, y'all. After two years, she's saying that the caregivers, uh, the the people who are, you know, in the facilities, will finally get to see their family members smiling faces, and the staff will finally get to breathe. First of all, it's BS, because the staff could always, like, you can breathe with a mask. Like, I think we should, I, hopefully, hopefully in the year 2022, we're not arguing whether you can breathe better or not in a mask. Hopefully that's not the case. I won't do it here. You could do it in my comments, but hopefully we won't do it here. But to say that now the caregivers, you know, the patients can finally see their um faces. Let me in on let me let you guys in on a little secret. When I walk into the hospitals, when I walk into the LTACs, when I walk into the nursing homes and the rehabs and family members are there, a lot of times family members aren't wearing masks a lot of times we have to, hey, can you wear, like, a lot of times family members aren't wearing masks, so much so that when family members, um, a lot, often family members were the one bringing COVID, because, especially because most of the hospital staff had to all wear masks and gown up, the family members were actually the ones bringing COVID into a lot of these facilities. So to act like these patients haven't been seeing their family members faces for the past few years Is absolute BS. Cause I can, I can assure you, I've walked in plenty of rooms, even as up until uh, last, uh, the week before because I was off last week, last week, um, the week before last week and talking to a family member, no mask in sight. I'm the only one wearing a mask. The patient isn't wearing a mask. The family members aren't wearing a mask, no mask in sight. So for us for to even talk as if, like for two years, these patients haven't been seeing their family members' faces is absolutely BS. And to even suggest that now the healthcare workers can finally breathe, oh my, because they don't have to wear the any mask anymore is actually absolute BS as well too, right? Let me go Let me go back to that page. I just, I wanted to stop there because uh, I, I just couldn't help myself in dealing with that BS. Let me see here. Uh, let see. And then, uh, oh, so perfect. So the CDC guidance for general public now re- relies on its community levels ratings. And this is what I talked about before. Just 3.5% of Americans now live in com- counties at high community levels. Again, community levels are essentially based on number of cases, number of deaths, number of hospitalizations. So if I decrease the number of cases, Right. If I decrease the number of cases and I know that the number of deaths have been remaining pretty stable, which means they're not getting worse, not getting any better, even when the cases are remaining same, guess what? You're going to be in a low uh, transmission rate. And uh, I want you guys to also focus on this paragraph here in healthcare settings. In the healthcare settings, he it says it will still rely on its original community transmission benchmarks. By this measure of reported cases and test positivity, 73% of these counties are currently rated at high risk. So let's think about that. And then they even give the explanation. Community transmission is the metric currently recommended to guide select practices in healthcare settings to allow for earlier intervention before there's a strain on the healthcare system and to better protect individuals seeking care in those settings. So, so even though, even though when we talk about community levels, only 3.5% of Americans live in commun- counties where it's at high, when they're talking about community transmission, only 25% of healthcare facilities don't meet this criteria. Right? So only 20, so this is a rule. And again, this is where I talk about how. Like, they'll say the big thing, like, hey, guess what? In healthcare facilities, you don't have to wear a mask anymore. And then the small part that most people aren't going to hear, only if you live in a low community transmission rate. And we know that only 25%, let's say 27, 27% of healthcare facilities actually live in a low community transmission rate. But no one's going to hear that part. I might as well be whispering it here on this video. They're not going to hear that. All they're going to hear is the CDC says you do not have to wear masks in the facilities. Now, let me ask you a question, especially for those who are in the healthcare facility, especially if you're watching this video. If you have MRSA, and and again, it may be different hospitals, but if you have MRSA, which is methicillin-resistant staph oris, you know what they do? They make me wear gloves, wear a gown before I go see you. And then they make me take off that gown, throw it in the trash in the room before I leave the room. I can't even walk out the room with the gown if I walk into your room and do my physical exam because you have Mercer. If you have another uh, resistant bug, ESBL, the same thing. If you have another resistant uh, bug, C. diff, we know about C. diff, it makes you have a lot of diarrhea. Guess what? Glove, gown leave all that in that room. Don't bring it out. The same thing. I don't see the CDC telling us, Hey, you know what, Barry, you don't have to worry about wearing a gown when you're taking care of your C-diff patients no more. I don't hear the CDC saying, Hey, you know what? If even if you got a person with ESBL, which is a type of, you know, resistant bug or MRSA, another resistant bug, you don't have to wear your gown and protect yourself anymore because you're okay, like no, CDC's not giving those recommendations. So the fact that they're giving these recommendations for a respiratory disease, y'all, this is a respiratory disease. Let me tell you, I'm gonna be wearing masks for as long as I wanna wear a mask. I like wearing masks. I'm actually very comfortable wearing masks. It doesn't bother me. I wear a mask hours on hours, no, no worry whatsoever. But I don't see the CDC extending that level of courtesy to C. diff patients. I so I don't see the CDC extending that level of courtesy to ESBL and Mercer patients. Like they're not going to do that. But this respiratory disease and only COVID, because mind you, I didn't see any recommendations. Hey, if you're taking care of patients who may have active TB, don't worry about masking up. Don't worry about don't worry about doing that N95. Active TB or even suspected TB. And even just because it takes a couple of days for us to get a positive confirmation on your TB test. So for a few days, if I think you got tuberculosis, I'm wearing my N95 droplet. I'm doing all of that. You don't see none of those changes being recommended. But here we have a disease that is still averaging about 70,000 cases per day. That's still averaging about three to 400 deaths per day as we speak. And they're saying, hey, you know what? I want you to go and see those smiling faces. I want you to go and, you know, I want I want the healthcare workers to finally breathe again. And because I want the healthcare, like, it's it's okay. If you're in a low transmission rate, again, only 27% of those facilities are actually in that rate, but it doesn't matter because the cat, the cat is now officially out the bag. So what do you do? What do you do? First of all, let me tell you what I'm going to do and I kind of mentioned it, I'm wearing masks every single day, no hesitation. If I don't see an opportunity to get a mask at the front, I'm gonna ask, hey, I need a mask to walk around this building. Because again, not only, especially when I talk about those earlier precautions, like for C. diff, like for MRSA, like for ESBL, not only is it to protect the patient, to protect the provider who's taking care of said patient, but it's to make sure that I don't take care of patient with MRSA, and then go to another room and touch that person, and now I give them their Mercer. It's for the same reason why I, I can't take care of a patient with C. diff, go ahead, touch them, do my physical exam, and then go to another room and possibly give that patient C. diff. It's for the same exact thing because we are trying to look out for each other. And if you are ever in a facility, a place where looking out for each other, was extremely important. You best believe it is the hospital, the healthcare facilities, the rehabs, the nursing homes, the ALS. That's where it's important. Now, is is this going to have, which I I for sure things are gonna happen, you're you're not gonna have those who couldn't wait to snatch off the mask, just like they did when uh, when you were on the flights. Those who couldn't wait to snatch off the mask, you're gonna have them like, oh my God, thank you. Take it off, take it off. Like, and I'm gonna look at them crazy while I wear my mask to keep it moving. Right? Like it's, it just is what it is. I think there are, and mind you, I'm I'm not a mass zealot, like you have to wear masks everywhere you go. One, because I'm vaccinated, boosted, boosted again. All my family is vaccinated and boosted like so i'm not a mass zealot i just know that if i need to look because i take care of a lot of sick patients so i i my patients don't have the the choice in whether i take care of a patient with c diff or MRSA. they they don't have they don't have that choice they just have to deal with the consequences of a choice that they don't even have so if i have a choice that hey, you know i can look out for my patients and try to decrease the rate of transmission, the rate of spread of this COVID who one patient may have versus another. If I, if I can do that, you know what? Uh, it, it's it's I'll take that burden, if it's, it's not a burden at all, but I will take that burden. But to see the CDC, and we've talked about again, like I said, it's this love-hate relationship I got with y'all. To see the CDC do this again, understanding that and even when you look at the articles, all the articles are just focused on the fact that it says, hey, you don't have to wear a mask uh, in the healthcare facilities anymore. They don't, they don't, they're not even, they, they, they barely highlight the fact that like, hey, by the way, it's only, it's only like 27% of healthcare facilities with this rule even fit. Because it, it, it doesn't matter. Cats out the bat. So again, I'm yours truly, Dr. Barry Pierre. Please take with those words, please take those these words as you will. I'm gonna see you guys next week.